Hey, yo. Welcome to the Kayfabe Smart Podcast, guys. This is Brian. We are here on episode 94. Make sure you guys tune in to all the social media platforms. That's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Make sure when you're on YouTube, you hit that like, that subscribe, hit that notification bell so you know when we go live and record this thing on YouTube weekly, usually Thursday nights, but tonight is a Friday because we're kicking it on a Friday night because, well, yesterday just didn't work out for us, so here we are. Friday night, talking pro wrestling, and uh, well, before we get into everything that's happened with pro wrestling, let's kick it over to Mr. Eric Todd and see what's happening in his world. Eric, what is going on? You know, you know, same old, same old. Uh, got some spring cleaning done this week. We had some nice Michigan weather this week. We got up in the high 60s, low 70s for for a minute there, so good time to get some spring cleaning get some shelving up declutter a little bit so yeah it's been a productive week over here on this side of town yeah man something about that warm weather will just make you want to throw shit away i don't know what it is (laughs) for sure you're like all of a sudden you just want to empty out your car just throw stuff away you take a boy through the car wash next thing you know you're in your basement out in your shed wherever and you're like oh i'm just gonna get rid of stuff just cleaning up stuff i don't know what it is but we're getting them deep freezes here in Michigan, and boy, when it warms up, you just want to clean stuff up and wash stuff off and throw shit away, start fresh. Yeah, my my problem is, though, I'm like, r- right after I get rid of a ton of shit, I want to go out and spend more money. Like, I've been, for the past week, I have a 55-inch TV in my bedroom, and I never watched the damn thing, <laughs> and and now now it's stuck in my head, Brian. You know me. You've known me for a long time. <laughs> Now it's stuck in my head that the reason I don't use my TV in my bedroom is because the sound quality is garbage. So now I have it. Now I got to buy a sound bar for my bedroom TV. (laughs) That way I can use it. Well, of course. I mean, why would you watch TV with bad sound? You need a new TV. I need a new TV. Got to have a new TV. And boy, when you start thinking of new TVs, there's a whole lot of sales on new TVs, ain't there? (laughs) Yeah, so luckily I'm not thinking new TV yet, just soundbar, and you taught me something <laughs> that I should have known a long time ago, that when you have a Google Chromecast, you can cast your Google Chrome browser and anything on it onto the Chromecast. So now my Chromecast in my bedroom has been relocated to my living room. Guess what, Brian? I had to go buy a new Chromecast for my bedroom. So I'm casting all over the place. <laughs> well, of course. You don't want to be a silly goose. You got to Chromecast everything, man. When in doubt, cast it out. That's what I say. <laughs> that just makes life so much easier, just being able to just boop, pop your computer screen up rather than going through sh- shitty apps and all that whatnot. Wacky HDMI cords that you got to connect to this <laughs> and that. Fuck that. We're just going to Chromecast this. Well... Enough about TVs, Chromecasts, and soundbars. I mean, we watch pro wrestling with all of that in technology, but let's talk about pro wrestling. And before we get into all the things that happened AEW this week, because that's you know what we like to bite into here, 
Do we have any news, Eric? Uh, we do have a lot of news that went on this week, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and clear my throat, clean out your earlobes, get ready to listen, because there's going to be a lot going on. Slap that ticker, and we can get right into it. Slap the ticker. It's time for the news. Don't be a fool. Listen to the Kayfabe Smart News. Here we go. Let's see what Eric has dug up in the dirt sheets this week. All right. First things first, Brian. This is the biggest news of the week. You alluded to it in your intro there. Unfortunately, Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, passed away this week uh, after complications from hip surgery. Uh, we know as a couple weeks ago, he fell, broke his hip, and uh, had to have surgery for that. He had some complications during said surgery, had three heart attacks in the meantime, and since that has happened, Scott Hall has passed away at the age of 63. So that is a huge, huge kick in the nuts for uh, any wrestling fan out there. Oh, yeah, I mean... He hasn't been, clearly, obviously, has not been active in pro wrestling in years. I thought that, uh, in the physical sense, I thought that he had such a great mind for the business that a place for him, now obviously, we know anything that Triple H touched in WWE has been thrown in the trash. So, he he would have been great in an NXT position. I think he was doing some stuff at the Performance Center, but I mean, man... You know, a place like AEW that could have used a mind like Scott Hall. And even an on-the-mic type, in-the-ring, you know, on-TV persona of Scott Hall on AEW, for me, would have been amazing. WWE would have been amazing, but, you know, they're not looking to go back like that. I just, you know, I've always loved Scott Hall, from Razor Ramon to Scott Hall, all of it, all of the above. Flicking the toothpick, the bad guy, his thing at the Hall of Fame. The greatest there was to never hold a world title, in my opinion. Yeah, the love has been pouring in from all walks of life, all types of fans, TikTok, Instagram, young fans, old fans. Uh, Bret Hart, who was clearly not a big fan of the click, um, wrote a nice long, I think it was Instagram or Twitter post or something, um, showing a ton of love for Scott Hall. Obviously, Kevin Nash and X-Pac. Uh, so, yeah, super respected guy, uh, turned his life around when he was way down in the dumps and uh, rose essentially to greatness again, you know, started getting on, got into the WWE Hall of Fame, um, got some documentaries made, did the whole thing with Diamond Dallas Page. So, yeah, he was doing pretty good, but. I don't know if you heard this, Brian. X-Pac did, did an interview uh, within the last day or two, and I guess the last few weeks of Scott Hall's life weren't all peaches and cream. He yeah. was having a rough time. No, I did not hear any of this, so please enlighten me. All right, so X-Pac did an interview, and uh, I this blew my mind that he would come out with this information so quick, but I guess the pandemic... Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic was really rough on Scott Hall. He was spending a lot of time in isolation. Um, <clears throat> didn't have a lot of people to reach out to, to get out with and hang out with. And unfortunately, he did turn back to alcohol. Uh, he was kind of off the wagon there for a minute. 
And over the past two weeks, I guess life was really rough. And when he did slip and fall and broke his hip, he couldn't move. He couldn't get to a phone. He couldn't get to uh, anything, essentially. So somebody, about two or three days after he fell, somebody reached out to Diamond Dallas Page, asked him to go check on Scott Hall, and then uh, Diamond Dallas Page found Scott Hall on the floor with a broken hip and obviously got him to a hospital or called an ambulance or whatnot. But, yeah, Scott Hall was just on the ground with a broken hip for at least two or three days. Oh, my God. Could you imagine such a thing? Just have this. Yeah. The thought of having the leg there, like, probably in pain <laughs> for two. Yeah. Not to laugh. It's not funny. But the two or three days would be two or three hours would be would be yeah. terrible. Two or three days. My God. Yeah. And it's just it's a horrible scenario to think about, you know, intense pain. Yeah, obviously got to use the bathroom and you're just laying in that for a couple of days. So yeah, uh, rough, rough couple weeks, obviously very rough last week for uh, Scott Hall. So yeah, rest in peace. Hopefully you're in a better place, Chico. Oh my God. Good times don't, or what was it? What was this thing? Good times don't last. I forget how I'm going to fuck it all up. The bad guys do at the end. Bad bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Yeah, that's what it was. Ah, damn it. <laughs> that thing Sorry, was, Scott. <laughs> yeah, jacked it all up. Anyways, yeah, R.I.P. Scott Hall. Oof. It's just, and then all the stuff like flooding back on the Instagram feeds and the TikTok and things like that. It's just taking back all these memories flooding in, everything from WCW with the NWO, you know, coming back, stuff that he had done recently, the Hall of Fame, uh, just everything is Razor, putting over one, two, three kid, just all of it. You're just like, wow, done so much, you know, in pro wrestling. So I'll miss Scott Hall, one of my favorites, but uh, hopefully he's resting easy now. Yeah, definitely. Um, More sad news in the wrestling world. Uh, last week on SmackDown, one week ago, there was a, a match involving Ridge Holland and uh, Big E Langston there. And I think it was a tag match. I, I didn't watch it myself. I went back and saw the spot. But at one point, Ridge Holland and Big E were out on the floor. And for some reason, because these guys always got to do something to top the last match to get the the biggest ooh and ah, the audience, Ridge Holland decided to give big ass Big E a belly to belly. Big E ended up landing right on his head and ended up breaking or yeah, breaking two vertebrae in his neck. So Big E ended up with a broken neck, ended up in the hospital that night. He is doing a little better though. I did hear that. I saw his post. I didn't hear about it when it happened. That was like the next morning for me. Uh, there was the share of his Twitter video or Instagram, TikTok. I don't know what it was. But nonetheless, it was going around the social media platforms, and it was him in the hospital, and he had a, you know the neck brace on and the whole gimmick, and you're just like, oh, shit. But good news is he can feel all his digits. Uh, he was He lived. Good thing he has the neck of a moose, you know, to keep him nice and strong <laughs> to get through this stuff. I have been reading 
headlines and and you know rumors and innuendo that he may not be able to wrestle again but you know at least he'll he's gonna live and have a semi-normal life but his wrestling career is kind of on the on the rocks right now yeah uh biggie fractured his c1 and c6 vertebrae and the speculation that you're talking about comes from uh obviously some sort of neck bone specialist out there saying that uh a lot of times the C1 vertebrae never heals properly. Ooh. So if that C1 vertebrae fares, fails to heal properly, uh, it's a wrap for Big E, at least for now, uh, until some sort of super medicine comes out. But I just saw, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, Big E was out walking around. He was just at home. This is less than a week after the accident. I. Uh, provide an update and i quote i'm just here to provide a brief life update right now i'm walking around my neighborhood it's 80 degrees not a cloud in the sky wearing this match and street fighter uh gear that he's wearing life is good i got breath in my lungs it's a beautiful day i got my little taco meat out that's my life <laughs> taco meat being chest hair by the way <laughs> brian and i know about the taco yes. meat <laughs> From the club days. Uh, <laughs> that's what's going on in my life. My neck might be broken, but my heart is still there. I still in there, I think. So yeah. Biggie, very optimistic, very positive in this trying time. Sure. I get you're just happy you're alive, right? I mean, a guy like Biggie isn't going anywhere from entertainment. Now, if it can't be sports and physical entertainment, he is going to do something else. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I think I, I got plenty of faith that he'll just be okay. And maybe, like I said, look at all these people we've seen come back from neck injuries over the last couple of years. Lita, back. Edge, back. Christian, back. <laughs> like Brian Danielson, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> boom, yeah. boom. Like So <laughs> take some time and uh, just get right. Don't rush it back. You know, it's not the 60s anymore. You don't got to wrestle three a days. <laughs> you can take some time and get right. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Now, Brian, you've always been a fan of Pete Dunne. Sure. And I've I've come around. I still don't like his stupid finger splitting gimmick. But uh, <laughs> I've come around and I appreciate Pete Dunne. And I appreciate his work. Well, Pete Dunne got called up to SmackDown. Uh, and they changed his name, Brian. Yes, to Butch. <laughs> yeah. So now... Pete Dunn is Seamus's and Ridge Holland's little lackey. And they announced that they brought a new friend with them this week and introduced him as Butch. Um, some wrestlers are thinking that this name change is a Bushwhackers related rib because Ridge Holland's real name is Luke. So <laughs> I, I think that'd be great if this is a rib because... It's so Ridge is Luke and uh, Pete can be Butch. It's so stupid that it's funny, but like that you would really do that to people on a TV show, that you would make a shitty character because it's funny to you. Like that's the 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 it's so random. But besides the name change, which they never give you any reason for, then the gimmick, then the the his outfit gimmick change like 
all of that paper boy from the 20s right all of that just sucks so much and then you don't even let him get in the ring and show off and do what he does to be pete dunn to have made the name pete dunn for people to care about it for people to be mad that you changed it you did something you know he had done something right previously just sucks so much for him and it's like it just they bring him up finally gets up to the big show they shit on him and now nobody cares I've lost care about it. Like it's like, all right, cool. Pete Dunn's gone. They got this guy, Butch. I don't like Butch. I don't know who Butch is. I have no connection to Butch. I haven't watched Butch grow. I've watched Pete Dunn grow. <laughs> I don't know this guy in a pork pie hat and a wife beater. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about Butch. <laughs> um <laughs> We're gonna catch heat for this one. Speaking of people nobody give a shit about, Queen Charmel will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yes. I just had dinner with a good friend of the show, Andrew, a couple hours ago. We hung out and had a little dinner. And he goes, did you hear that? He goes, first we get Undertaker. Then we got Vader going to the Hall of Fame. And did you hear that the next inductee was announced? Queen Charmel. Or Charmel. And I said, oh, he goes, I, I dare you to name three reasons why she should be inducted. And I said, Queen Charmel. And he goes, mm-hmm. I said, well, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> and he laughed, and I said, I guess Booker T was going to throw a fit if his, his wife didn't get in. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to add a little weight to our your argument there that is there a reason to really put her in. Charmel very publicly, very recently, thanked. Jim Cornette and point singled out Jim Cornette as the person who made her so good at cutting a promo. And even after hearing that Jim Cornette is like, Charmel is a very nice lady. Very nice. 20 years ago, she was a nice girl. Now she's a nice lady, but she's not a hall of fame level performer by any means. (laughs) Yeah, it looked like they just put names in a hat and drew the lucky one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it does suck. Like, congratulations. It's a nice honor. You know, you get your ring. You're amongst the best of the best. But, man, it just, it's got to suck to know in the back of your mind, like, there's ulterior motives. They, They put her in for... Some other reason I'm not gonna say them, but everyone everyone knows they they needed some sort of diversity in the gender and race and you know, and it was like she fit the bill, sure. and it, it sucks because she is a, a great performer, but Hall of Fame level, eh, that's up for debate. That's up for debate. What else happened in the news, Eric? <laughs> well, Brian, I don't know. Our days might be numbered. Because there's going to be another wrestling podcast out there, my Uh-oh. friend. And this podcast is going to be ran by none other than Mick Foley. He uh, went to his Twitter and he says he has a new project coming soon. And that project is called Foley is Pod. So uh, we don't have a release date for that yet. And goddamn, I hope it's not when Conrad Thompson. I'm so sick of Conrad and his... <laughs> does a podcast with every wrestler that's been ever that's ever stepped foot in a ring. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. You know, I know we do a podcast. We're trying to build a little thing here and we have fun and uh but so many of them, right? So much th- what's the next thing that's going to have to come along out of this change? Out of the the entertainment field. Like there can only be so much. So where does it go for right. the next thing? So we'll sit back and we'll see. Um remember when vlogs were a thing? <laughs> Maybe these guys should try a vlog. <laughs> Those would probably be more I interesting. <laughs> I was doing vlogs before they were cool, Brian. Yeah. There's a, a vlog I did on an eight millimeter cassette tape in 2001. I believe I've seen this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the fans will never see it, <laughs> but it's it's still in the vault. Sure. Anyways, yes. Foley right. is pod. He really reached back into the old name, into the bag of gimmicks for the name on that one. And. <laughs> We'll see what old Foley Why has not to just offer. call it Have a Nice Day with Mick Foley? <laughs> there you go. That would have been way better. <laughs> but let's continue on with any more news if there is any. All right. there. Oh, there's plenty, bro. Oh, there's plenty. More, more sad news. Uh, there's going to be, you're going to be wearing black and mourning in the Rampa household because Joey Janela will not be re-signing with all elite wrestling, Brian. Well, I mean, if he would have, it would have been a surprise out of nowhere, right? Because they haven't had the bastard on TV. Let's use the term. He may have been doing dark or whatever he's been doing, but they haven't had him on TV in a year. Yeah, I can't remember last time. Oh, no, even that was dark. (laughs) The last thing I saw about him. But uh, now this is where I always bitch and moan that kayfabe's dead. But Janela is keeping this character going because, according to him, he changed his mind about staying with the promotion and his contract contract is set to expire in a couple of months. Now, what contradicts that is that back in January, during a taping of Dark, Janela super kicked um, Eddie Kingston and broke his orbital bone. You know that orbital bone oh. that Excalibur was losing his mind about. We couldn't stop hearing about it the other week. <laughs> <laughs> and when he did that, because he's just a job guy, and he went bananas and kicked Kingston in the face, broke his eye bone, uh, he had a ton of heat backstage. Uh, he wasn't very popular, and then other wrestlers started coming out and being like, eh. I don't want to work with him because he hurt me last time we were wrestling. So Janela has got a reputation of being sloppy, dangerous, and reckless in the ring. And uh, But, yeah, it was his decision not to sign with AEW. It was, it was his decision to kick Eddie Kingston in the head and not get offered a new contract. It was his decision. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm and, not uh, surprised. He, he belongs in GCW. He belongs in... You know, some uh, was it the Jersey Championship Wrestling and Game Changer Wrestling and all that kind of stuff. uh, We got Jake Martin, Jacob Martin popping in the chat over here. Says Joey Nutella should be in the wrestling like (laughs) should be in wrestling like Queen Charmel should be in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Yep, you are right. (laughs) Bring in the third chair. Give this guy a, a mic. Joey Nutella. <laughs> Way to go, Jake. <laughs> it's Jelly Nutella if we listen to the same podcast, Jake. But uh, 
maybe Brian, just maybe Jelly Nutella can get over and hang out with EC3 and Braun Strowman or the artist formerly known as Braun Strowman. And maybe Joey Janela needs to control his own narrative because CYN control your narrative wrestling has released their rules that they're going to be enforcing in their wrestling promotion. Would you like to hear these rules, Brian? Oh, of course. I would love to hear these rules. All right. These rules will be officiated and enforced by well-trained and state-certified officials, in quotes. First rule, you are in control. Second rule, you are in control. Keep those rules in mind, Brian, those first two. Is this like Fight Club? Third, <laughs> third rule, fights end when you tap out, get knocked out, can't stand, or when you quit. Sanctioned matches can end via pinfall. Fourth rule, standard professional wrestling rules apply for sanctioned matches, in quotes. Chaos ensues in the project pit. <laughs> Fifth rule, no super kicks, no tope suicidas, no Canadian destroyers. How do those work with rule one and two, Brian? You tell me. Can you do a Panama? What say you? Can you do a Panama sunrise? <laughs> no, only a Pittsburgh sunrise. <laughs> uh, sixth rule, the fight isn't with your opponent. It's with yourself. Ooh, that's deep. Seventh rule, fights will go on as long as they have to, with two O's in that too. Sanctioned <laughs> matches hit their times. Uh, don't I have no idea what that means. I think they mean like they're giving it a 15-minute time limit or a 30-minute time limit, 60-minute time limit. Like they're going to set match time limits on matches, championship matches, you know, 60-minute time limit, things like that. Eighth rule of control your narrative. If you want to control your narrative, you have to fight. They lifted these and they plagiarized these right from Fight Club. <laughs> Tried to make them their own. Fights within the narrative, that is a different story. Again, no idea what that means. <laughs> but Control Your Narrative Wrestling has already got one event in Florida with the plan being to broadcast them on the upcoming Pro Wrestling TV platform. And do we know where we'll be able to find Pro Wrestling TV? It doesn't exist yet, so who knows? <laughs> is it gonna... I am going to guess Tubi. <laughs> Tubi or uh, Pluto, or maybe it'll just be an exclusive Roku channel. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, I, I don't know about you, Brian, but I am absolutely pumped to watch these guys control their narrative. Other things I've heard is the storylines are based on real life, so... I, I yeah, I really want to see these guys fight over uh who left who, their dishes who, in the sink. <laughs> you cut me in line in the Starbucks drive through line and now I'm gonna kick your head in. But kick. you can't super kick their head in. Do you know who's gonna be the champion of this control your own narrative? Is Karen. Because Karen's <laughs> yeah, Karen's Karen. they have the most exciting life ever. Everything is so <laughs> so dramatic. These people are going to realize real life is kind of boring. That's why you had to spice it up in pro wrestling because real life kind of sucks. Yeah. 
All right, Brian, with with wrestling all over the place, you know, sometimes you got to reach out to other social media platforms. Instagram's bogged down. Twitch is bogged down. Facebook is bogged down. Tony Storm, you know, getting on in this newly blazed trail that's been blazed by a couple female wrestlers in the uh, in the past few months here. Tony Storm announced that she will be launching her own OnlyFans account on March 19th at 12 p.m. Eastern. So you're taking that day off work, or what are you doing for your schedule? <laughs> That's tomorrow at noon, Tony ah, Storm will be. That's tomorrow. Uh, oh, man. So you got to say, yeah, it's yeah. Saturday. I mean, life is good. <laughs> From my research on the subject, because we know we love, <laughs> for, for the, we love the, us some Tony Storm. Research, in this research only. Research is research purposes only, people. From my research on the subject, Tony Storm's OnlyFans uh, account will cost you $19.99 a month to see her quote unquote exclusive content. Oh boy. <laughs> Eric, I might have to spot you 10 and you can tell me what it's all about. I, yeah, unless we go in this and pull money out of the, the, uh, kayfabe smart business account because <laughs> you know for 20 bucks you're not even going to see her boobs you're going to see her in a bikini and maybe a thong yeah if you're lucky you get as good a shots as you do on an instagram model <laughs> <laughs> all right couple more stories uh kenny omega has we have not seen kenny omega on AEW tv since november 2021 we know he disappeared could he because he had to have some surgery but uh, right now it's being reported that Kenny Omega needed time away to address a number of injuries. And he is recovering right now from arthroscopic knee surgery, which has a recovery time of around 10 weeks. And then Kenny Omega will also be having surgery for a sports hernia at the end of March. And that will require two months recovery. So, uh, End of March, end of April, end of May. We're not going to see Kenny Omega optimistically until mid-June. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, after that. So, well, Kenny, (laughs) just falling apart (laughs) on us here. Yeah. uh, I mean, by all means, get all that shit repaired, but. I don't miss him. Man, life's, life in AEW is going on without you, brother. Yeah, this is rolling right on. So hopefully they don't forget about you, but this is rolling right on. And then our final story of the night. This one rolled in, Brian. We started this podcast around 930 on Friday night, and this news story just popped up maybe an hour before that. It is all but 100% officially confirmed that Cody Rhodes – has signed with WWE. Um, the rumor is he signed his contract within the last two weeks, and we have got him listed internally uh, to wrestle at WrestleMania against Seth Rollins. So he is already on the inside of WWE on their plans for WrestleMania. Their card that they have planned out, Rhodes is already written in to fight Seth Rollins. Eh. Eh. Cool. Good for Cody, I guess. <laughs> I don't really care. I, it doesn't make me excited. A lot of times with these rumored jumps and things like that, and you know, oh, cool, what can be done? What this and that. 
I don't know. It's very weird to go back after everything that had been done and said over the last two years or really two years of AEW nonsense. He had been talking shit on the indies and everything that he had did, you know, stuff in Impact and New Japan and everything else and Ring of Honor where it's like, do we now you're going to go back? (laughs) But I guess if they're back in the Brinks truck up, go on for it. But I don't know. Seems weird to me. I don't really care. I don't think he's going to work. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be very good. He's going to end up coming out wearing black and yellow polka dots. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to fuck with him too. Um but yeah, whatever get that road or get that money, Cody, but uh Yeah, I I don't really care that much, but it seems like WWE could have booked this a, a little better seeing as I'll they they still haven't sold out WrestleMania. So maybe they could use this, haha, we finally got a guy back from AEW that left us because we were so bad, and now look at him crawling back to us. Seemed like they could have been promoting that, you know, Somehow. to sell some more seats over in WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That, you know, keeping it secret and letting the internet do its thing is maybe a task that they're doing. You know, letting things leak and letting the internet create the buzz because sometimes the unbeknownst buzz is stronger than, you know, what can be told, right? People's minds make up their own stories and they create their own narratives. See what I did there, Eric? That's called a callback. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, again, I just don't care. I don't think it's going to work. And, I think he's going to look like an idiot at the end. I 100% agree with you. (laughs) Vince is going to have fun with this. Sure. I think it's going to suck. But is there any other news? That is a wrap on the news, Brian. So you can slap that ticker and we can slide on out. Jake popped in the chat one more time. Says Cody will get a mid-card belt push, then uh, peter out quickly. So I agree with that 100%. He's going to be the new IC champion. And uh, or maybe a U.S. champion if that still exists, and then hit the bottom of the barrel, kid. Go over and uh, put over Braun Breaker. Yeah, there you go. Maybe he can go down to NXT and be the champion down there like Dolph Ziggler <laughs> did. But that's the news. We're moving on. Let's uh, hit that ticker and move on to something more fun. That was the news. Cody's going to WWE. Nobody cares. Unfortunately, we lost Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, and uh, Big E broke his neck. So lots of terrible news in this. And we lost Joey Janela. He didn't die. We just lost him. <laughs> lost him to the indie crowd. Right lost back where him, he belongs. Lost him to the indie <laughs> crowd. I dropped my notepad. So, But we are going to get that situated and then play a little game of uh, Would You Rather this time. Where did my notes All go? Right. Here we go. Here we Look go. at that guy using paper like a Neanderthal. Like a Neanderthal. What am I over here in the 1890s with the Dutton family traveling across to <laughs> create the Dutton family ranch? All right. Over, or I'm not, I was going to say overrated, underrated. Would you rather, this is some tag team talk here, would you rather have the real brothers... Or would you rather have the Kayfabe Brothers as a tag team? Here we go. Steiner Brothers or Kane and The Undertaker? One stays, one Ooh. goes. Who are you keeping? Who are you getting rid of? 
I mean, man, I love me some Steiner brothers, but we got to make money, Brian. <laughs> Nobody cares about your earmuffs and your singlets. We got and your big Papa Pump tennis balls <laughs> stuffed into your biceps. We need Big Daddy Kane and an Undertaker. Big Daddy Kane. I don't care what Glenn Jacobs has been tweeting about pro Putin or whatever. <laughs> that guy's going to draw me some fucking money. So come on, Mayor Kane, get in the ring with your kayfabe, brother. Would you rather have your real brothers, the Hardy Boys, or your kayfabe brothers, Edge and Christian, as a tag team? Ooh, now this, Brian. This takes me way back to the Limp Biscuit days when <laughs> Limp Biscuit was performing on WWE pay per views every other Sunday, so it seemed. And when those TLC matches were going on, when those ladder matches were going on, I did not like the Hardy Boys. I was all about Edge and Christian, and I was all about the Dudley Boys. And, uh, I, I think to this day, that feeling still sticks. I'm taking Edge and Christian, kayfabe brothers all day. Would you rather, or yeah, would you rather take your real brothers of the Young Bucks, the Kookamonga kids, <laughs> would you rather take the Young Bucks or the Shoot Brothers, or the, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, the Shoot Brothers, Arn and Ole Anderson? <laughs> oh, man, Brian. <laughs> Why you put me in this predicament? <laughs> you know, I am not a fan of the Hardly Boys, the Cucamonga Kids, um, the Young Bucks. But again, man, we're here to make money, and nobody wants to see Arn and Ole Anderson. <laughs> now you can take them from their heyday. You can take them from their heyday. Oh, yeah, I know, but even in their heyday, man, um, the. I, I don't know, man. I guess the Hardly Boys. You got to keep the young fans coming in. The old fans are eventually going to die off. You know, we got to have a Cucamonga break. The Cucamonga middle of the card. <laughs> Keeping the Cucamonga kids. All right. Would you rather have your the Harlem Heat or would you rather have the Dudley Boys? Which ones are shooting? Which ones are? Oh, the Harlem uh, Heat, real yeah. brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I really thought it was Bubba Ray and Devon. Fuck. <laughs> and then don't forget about Spike and Big Dick Dudley, then Sign Guy Dudley. Oh, yeah, that's a big family. But uh, I'm going again with the Kayfabe brothers on this one, Brian. Um, yeah, Dudley boys were my favorite tag team right behind Edge and Christian in the heyday of WWE television. And uh, so, yeah. We're kayfabing it, Bubba Ray and uh, Devon. All right. Well, I think that was, uh, we did four tag teams or four challenges here, and you kept one real tag team. <laughs> one, one real, real set of brothers. One real set of brothers, the Young Bucks, the Cucamonga Kids. You chose every other, every other one was the kayfabe tag team, and that is Would You Rather shoot or kayfabe or uh yeah sorry and tag teams there so let's move on and talk about AEW and uh st patrick's day slam because god forbid if something didn't have a name eric god forbid any type of holiday 
I'm surprised National Cheese Pizza Day doesn't get a fucking graphic on AEW. <laughs> National Cheese Pizza Day Slam. Now, you may wonder, did we go long in the news? You may wonder, did we play Would You Rather a little longer? And Well, my friends, probably because we even talked about TVs in the beginning of the show because this week <laughs> of AEW's Dynamite St. Patrick's Day Slam was a bit of a St. Patrick's Day snore, and uh, we can probably <laughs> speed through this thing in about 28 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> probably, but I got a lot to say, Brian. <laughs> this was AEW's St. Patrick's Day shit show in my book. Um, we're starting things off. At least Jim Ross knows where he's at. He knows what day it is this time. Um, he, and we're starting things off with Adam Cole and then Kylo Riley and Bobby Fish making their way to the ring. Yeah, we start this off. Uh, Jim Ross starts it off with a uh, hey yo, similar to our show. I think he saw my notes before I was uh, going to go live when I was going to start it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then we're starting this thing off with the, the six-man tag, or they kept calling it the trios match, and I like to call it a trios match. I don't like the name six-man tag. I hate well, it. Well, six of one, half a dozen of the other. There Ryan. you go. <laughs> I like the trios name, but we'll stick with that. Yes, yeah, so we get Adam Cole coming out with Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and then Adam Page coming out with... Uh, Wait, who the hell did Adam Page come out with? Now I just had a brain fart. Jurassic oh, yeah, Jurassic Express. Express. That's right. I was like, God dang, yeah, it was the champions that came out together. And, uh, well, what did you think of this mess of a trios match there, Eric? I, I had hope at the beginning because we kicked things off with Jungle Boy and Adam Cole. And it, it, they're both small, but they're both very smooth, and they both have a great, fast pace to them. And it's not clunky. So I, I was optimistic off the get with these two. And Luchasaurus was still working as a big man. So it's off the get-go. I'm pretty optimistic, but that was short-lived. <laughs> off the get-go, optimistic, but that was short-lived. What was the part that brought you in to be so short-lived on this? All right. Adam Page getting a lukewarm hot tag. Um, he comes in, and he is just cleaning house. And then immediately, Brian, back-to-back catch-me spots on the same two guys, Kylo and Adam Cole on the outside. And Adam Page suicides them boys two times or over-the-top rope flippy-dip two times. Yeah, you know, that's that's a go-to thing, right? Hey, we got it. We got to go for it. The crowd loves it. It's Journey. We're going to play Don't Stop Believing, and we are, <laughs> and we're AEW, yeah. and we're going to do catch me spots. So that's just the way it goes. And why not just leave it at one, Paige? I mean, Paige does back to back catch me's on Kylo and Cole. And then immediately after that, Jungle Boy gets in the ring and does a catch me spot on all three heels Kylo, Fish, and Adam Cole. Was that the blind tag? Did he use the blind tag on that on Adam Page and then do the big jump over him? Because if that was the spot exactly that we're talking about, which I think it is, it was so bad, like Excalibur was like, he used the body of Adam Page to block him running the dive. It's like, no, he was on the outside of the ring, on the corner, with these three guys looking at Adam Page. Tags in, gets in the ring, and goes behind Adam Page. And the three idiots on the outside of the ring are like parakeets now, and they go, well, Jungle Boy must have left. I can't see him anymore. Like, <laughs> no. Somebody put a towel over their head. 
They're just like, I can't see him. He must have got out the other side of the ring is what he did. He tagged himself in and he ran through the crowd. No, he's going to jump on you, morons, and you all knew it. And fucking Excalibur trying to cover it up sounded like an asshole. <laughs> Excalibur is like a fucking, like a cat in a shallow litter box, Brian. He is just trying his damnedest to cover this shit up. <laughs> and it's just not working. <laughs> a cat in a shallow litter box. Never heard such a thing. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, I've never heard it. It just came out of my butt. <laughs> I just pulled it. Now, shortly after that, Brian. So those spots already over, overdone, uh, overproduced. Just don't, they don't make a, a damn lick of sense. But we, you know, we're going all in, Brian. We're put, we're sliding all of our chips in because now we have all three baby faces. We got Douchasaurus on the ring apron. Then we got Jungle Boy and Adam Page on the turnbuckle together. All three baby faces do simultaneous moonsaults onto their assigned heel partners. Which, that part, here's the part that bugged me is with this. So you did the spot. Okay, cool. You timed out this perfect little spot. I'll push past it. The spot, the part of this spot that bugged me, excuse me there, this this part of this spot that bugged me was that it that the crowd popped so loud. So then you're like, why was this? I mean, okay, you did, you three did backflips. They didn't do backflips together and hold each other and do one big, like, tandem backflip with three guys. <laughs> three guys at one time said, one, two, three, jump, and they all did. Okay, and then the, the the commentators exploded like they'd never seen this before. Like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Triple moonsaults. And you're like, three guys jumped in the air. Let's boil this down to what it is. It's <laughs> not rocket science here. So the fact that they just popped so much and pushed this thing like it was, you know, the next coming of sliced bread. My God, man, three guys did a flip. Who gives a shit? Like, don't put yeah. this much on it. That's not what it should be. So, yeah, it was just over-cheered, over-celebrated, and it just didn't make a lick of sense. So just in a numbers game, what are the chances that in the time it takes them to coordinate getting their spots and one, two, three, do a backflip, that Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish are all just going to be standing perfectly still in their assigned spots to catch said back flipping baby faces. Well, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and uh, Kyle O'Reilly are all NPCs, and they are non-playable <laughs> characters, and they just do what they're told, and that's what their program was told was to stand there. So they NPC'd perfectly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the ones and zeros were lined up a perfectly aligned, and uh, <laughs> the matrix code came through. And my God, they said, "Go stand here, <laughs> take spot." Luchasaurus throughout this whole match, he's just trying way too hard. He he just reeks of desperation here. Um, Luchasaurus choke slamming Red Dragon onto each other, uh, fish onto Kylo or Kylo onto fish, one or the other, and then does a standing moonsault onto both of them for a pen attempt. And here we go. We got JR chiming in. I love JR. I love JR more and more every week. So we get a question from JR. So 
with three people in the ring that can somehow be legal just curious dead silence yeah dead silence from excrement and shivani until excrement finally stammers out well uh, nonetheless the match continues <laughs> yeah jr has just completely moved on from the nonsense that is <laughs> AEW and just says whatever crosses his mind he's not there to sell the company he's not there to undersell it he's not there really to shit on it either meaning he's not there to really just be like to, to no matter what hate whatever and he's not there to put over anything either serve to him he's there to literally call it what it is he is literally the middleman and he is calling it right down the middle if it's good he puts it over and if it's bad, he buries it. But he doesn't put over bad shit. He doesn't bury good shit, if you know what I mean. He's just there calling shit shit and calling good good. Now, shortly after JR points out that three guys in the ring can't possibly be legal, now we have all six guys in the ring, Brian. And they've all picked their partner, and they're just slugging it out, fighting. It looks like a the beginning stages of a Royal Rumble because you just got three baby faces, three heels, and they've all picked their partner and they're all just beating each other up. And guess who the referee of this match was, Brian? Rick Knox. <laughs> and Rick Knox gives zero fucks. Yeah. <laughs> three guys. Three guys is legal. Why not six? That's the Rick Knox philosophy. Oh, Rick Knox, three guys, six guys, shit, it don't matter. Does anybody get in the ring and do something here? I'm going to jump around and be an idiot. <laughs> Uh, Adam Cole and Adam Page are the legal guys now in the ring, and these two have a nice little exchange, a little back-and-forth action going on, and you're like, okay, okay, things are getting back to normal. Nope. Right in the middle of the two Adams going at it, Jungle Boy, Kyle O'Reilly, and Dushasaurus put together a 20-second performance spot that they've choreographed in the back and this is the perfect time to do it right in the matter right in the middle of the page and a coal exchange and once again a 20 second spot with three illegal men and two legal men in the ring rick knox zero fucks rick knox will do a pin he'll count to three out there if you want you can go for a pin six guys in the ring inside the ring outside the ring just pin them wherever rick knox will do whatever <laughs> needs to be done but he won't count to 10 if you're outside the ring, that he won't do. This, this thing is just chaos and horseshit. We get <laughs> another. I think we got a title. I think we got a title. <laughs> chaos and horseshit. <laughs> now, th as if we didn't get enough overproduced spots here, we get a double doomsday device from Jungle Boy because somehow, some way, they've managed to get Adam Cole onto Adam Page's shoulders and Kyle O'Reilly onto Dushasaurus's shoulders and to line them up perfectly and then help Jungle Boy get to that top rope so they, he can clothesline them both oh, off. Yeah. But uh, even after that humongous spot, a double doomsday device, Adam Cole blind tags in, lowers his knee pad, hits the boom on Jungle Boy, and it's a wrap. Uh, what a, I'm glad the heels won, but what a flat finish. Yeah, so let's talk about this Doomsday device for a minute. That Doomsday device was Legion of Doom. Let's just right. That, that's you know that's who made it famous. And if you don't know, as Biggie Small says, now you know. And the Legion of Doom were huge, and not just as personalities, 
they were giant sons of bitches. And they <laughs> would, like, you could buy when Hawk was giving that clothesline or whoever, Hawk or Animal, either one. I don't know if they switched it off or it was always Hawk, but nonetheless, you can buy him hitting you with a clothesline and taking that. I don't have to be sold. I don't have to always have giant beefcake fucking giant huge wrestlers, right? I I don't need that. Some people love that. The WWE is all about that, right? Just giant yoked up bastards. I can have a Jungle Boy and be just as happy. I can have an Adam Cole and be just as happy. But the Doomsday Device is a move for big guys. That's a move, I believe, Wardlow diving off the top rope, giving you a clothesline. That would suck. Not Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy's <laughs> not the guy. So when, when Dushasaurus is holding him, you know, whatever, Bobby Fish or whoever it was, all you see is him just take the back of their calves, and when, he, when Jungle Boy loosely off of their chest and bongs them, he's, boop, I gave you a clothesline. Dushasaurus just throws them. <laughs> like, that's all it is. We can put some physics into this too, Brian. So not only do you have the very obvious throw from Dushasaurus to to get some sort of visual out of this thing, let's just do some physics. Jungle Boy, let's be generous. 160 pounds, like shoot weight. Sure. Easy. Maybe 160. Um, He is distributing his weight and momentum to two full-grown men so you're roughly getting a whopping 80 pounds of force from an unbalanced top rope jump so you're getting in you're getting you're not getting much momentum and all the pressure is coming off of your arm they're not even hitting you with your maybe 40 pounds of force (laughs) like woo 40 pounds of force (laughs) that's gonna knock the shit out of me that'll that'll learn you and like I said, when it was big guys doing it, now I know the Legion of Doom did the same push off the calves and gave the flip, right? But the force up top was so much different that you believed that he took the flip. You thought the power carried him through it. You, you know, the flip is to take care of him at the end, so that way they come fully around and land on their belly and not on their neck. It's to help them get around. It's all it is. I get it, but... You know, when he when when Jungle Boy bounces off of somebody, then Luciosaurus goes, oh, yeah, well, you're supposed to fall <laughs> like it sucks. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to suspend disbelief with the Legion of Doom or Road Warriors because they worked stiff and everyone they worked with would fucking sigh and sadness when they were matched up against the yeah. Legion of Doom Some on the car. Sh- There's a shoot interview on YouTube. I saw it was like. They would just go up to the guys that they were going to fight and be like, we're sorry for what's going to happen out there. They're like, what's going to, the guys would be like, well, what do you mean? What's going to happen? They're like, I don't know, man. We're going to go out there and beat the shit out of you. And that's just the way it was. And you believed it. Uh, so save this move for the right people. Say that's all, I, you know, that's all I'm trying to say at the end of the day. Save this type of move yeah. for the right people, not for Jungle Boy. <laughs> Ugh. All right, we're going to the back, Brian, but we're not back there for long because Tony Schiavone is back there with Willie Hobbs, uh, the real deal Ricky Starks. I forgot his first name. Ricky Starks. Oh, yeah, Ricky Starks. And, uh, yeah, we're just building more heat between Hobbs and Keith Lee 
and uh, Keith Lee is going to be fighting one of the acclaimed guys on Rampage tonight. And uh, and uh, they said, don't show up. Remember, now Team Taz, Ricky Stock said, don't show up on my show, Keith Lee, Friday Night Rampage. That's my show. Keith Lee said, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to show up to any show I want. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I don't even know. If I was... If I was Keith Lee, I don't think I would show up because Rampage isn't even going on the air until 11.30 tonight, Brian. <laughs> yeah, because of the wacky basketball tournaments, right, with the March Madness shit? Yeah. So I don't know. If I was Keith Lee, I'd take the night off, man. It's too late for me to be up. I'm <laughs> you don't, you don't think they, give me some sleepy time tea and go night. <laughs> you don't think they pre-taped that one? You don't think that one was pre-taped? No, it has to be live. It has to be live. They've got an audience sitting in there going, we could go live at 11, or it could be 10, 15. We don't know. Just sit here tight, guys. We could go live at any minute as soon as the basketball game's over. Uh, all right. After that backstage segment, um, William Regal is coming down the aisle, and he is sitting at the commentary table, and he takes his time, takes time out of his busy schedule to thank JR. Um very sincere thank you and you know without jr william regal wouldn't be where he's at yada 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 and then acknowledges excrement and says man in the mask you've done nothing for me i knew <laughs> when i heard when i heard him on commentary i was dying because i go eric's gonna eat this up because he's just shit all over excalibur that was just like one of at least probably yeah, three part one he, yeah. He's got a couple more digs in there, and uh, he just lets he just keeps them flying. And uh, Regal doesn't isn't taking any of excrement shit tonight. <laughs> no, and this match that we're here to watch and listen to uh, William Regal on commentary is John Moxley and Brian Danielson taking on two of the best friends, Schmuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta. And Regal repeatedly throughout this match referring to excrement as man in the mask. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he says it a couple more times. It's I, I was dying. I loved it. Um, this tag team match, I'm probably going to sound like I'm counterdicting myself here. But this thing, why are these guys wasting their time on this? These I understand they're trying to build them as a tag team, but shouldn't these guys just go be able to fight you know the the young bucks shouldn't these guys be able to go fight ftr shouldn't these guys be able to go fight uh proud and powerful shouldn't these guys be able to go fight i guess luchasaurus and jungle boy the god dang tag team champions but something along those lines why are they wasting their time with the best friends and not even like the the best friends that brought the name best friends to the game you're getting wheeler yuda in there as part you know what i'm saying like what are we doing? These are the these are John Moxley and Brian Danielson. All right, Brian. I'm allow me to school you for a minute, my friend. All right. So my old mentor, uh, you might have heard of him, Jim Cornette. He does his own <laughs> podcast. He's taught you a little bit. <laughs> he was talking about the story that I think we talked about how Jim Ross was just shitting all over Orange Cassidy in an early, early production meeting of uh, AEW. And Tony Khan's response to that was, he's really over. And he brings in ratings. And that, Jim Cornette pointed out, is all Tony Khan 
cares about. He thinks ratings and being over is the most important thing. Not that they completely discredit and anything else that's going on on the show that they make big tough guys just look like pussies when they actually sell something because these guys never sell anything. But long story short, the best friends are over and the audience pops like crazy for them. So even till even though to you and I, these guys are mid card at best. Um, they should be headlining AEW Dark and Tony Khan's head. These guys are top of the line main event performers because they get a loud, a loud live reaction from the crowd. So in Tony Khan's head, these guys belong in the ring with a John Moxley and Brian Danielson. All right, I'll play the game. I think that if he sees it that way, that's great. But also, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe even as a heel, Danielson and Moxley are getting popped and getting over. I mean, the crowd goes nuts when he comes through the ring, or comes through the crowd to get to the ring, Moxley being him, pronouns pal. When Moxley comes through the crowd, people are wanting to touch him, pat his shoulders, everything else besides carry him, right? And then Danielson comes out, the yes chants still go. People still love him, even though he shits all over the, the people that he's going to fight. So if you're going to do that then, I react with, why put two big pops in the ring together? Why not save the crowd energy up and give them somebody else that's maybe not over? So, quote, help somebody else. Either way, it just seems it just seems like... And do you really believe, though? So if he likes them so much, if he likes the best friends, they, they, you, did anybody believe they were going to win? Again, that doesn't matter. He just wants the pops. <laughs> so he's <laughs> he wants the 10 second high and he can care less. But so I guess the crowd doesn't because I guess we can just blame the crowd at the end of the day because the crowd still pops when they lose. Best friends That's come what out. It comes best friends and the thing plays and the Orange Cassidy and the, the you know, fucking what's his name with the painted face there uh, come out. and. Ooh, <laughs> You're starting to sound like William Regal. He had to ask excrement who the guy with the demon face is. Yeah. Like, I guess if the crowd keeps popping for it, you don't have to, winning and losing doesn't matter. That's the thing with the best friends. They can lose every match that they go out and do. And they could lose to the fucking varsity blondes and the crowd will still love them some schmuck Taylor and some Wheeler Yuta. Because why let, not? let's be honest here, the the crowd, the AEW audience, they can relate more to a, a chubby, out of shape schmuck Taylor and a skinny little Asian boy, Wheeler Yuta. They can relate much better to them two than this giant shithouse John Moxley and Brian Danielson, who's going to twist you into a pretzel and pop all your joints out of place. Well. Well, nonetheless, this match was pretty much a wash in my book, and there was no surprise, and, it, and by that, I found it boring. Right. This this match, the purpose of this match, in my eyes, was just to show how well Moxley and Danielson can work together, and I guess to get Wheeler Yuta over some point. Wheeler Yuta, no-selling 
shit from John Moxley, no selling Brian Danielson's yes kicks. And then they just make you to tap immediately after getting his head stomped in and uh, getting a bulldog choke from John Moxley. But uh, rightfully so. After you've got your head kicked in and bulldog choke, you should tap out. You shouldn't sure. keep the match going for another 20 minutes. But you spent like five to 10 minutes trying to get Yuta over by making him no sell everything. I agree with you 100%. And then then they send Regal down to the ring and he slaps Yuta. Yeah, I, I, I was curious of what I was thinking Yuta was going to be the first inductee into their house of pain or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to start jumping around. <laughs> Everlast but, is uh, going to hang out with them and bring him to the ring. Wheeler Yuta tried to shake William Regal's hand, and Regal slaps the living shit out of him, and then they chit-chat for a minute, and that was it. The only End way that I'm, the only way that I'm going to respect this uh, thing that they're doing is if it's not always a tag team. Meaning, right. they only tag when it's appropriate, and they tag when they can and when they want to, but I think they still need to keep both keep strong singles presence in the singles wrestling. And if they interfere and they have a little friendship and a stable and a click, eh, what are you going to do? You know, that's part of the game. You know, but keeping this as just now a tag team, what does that prove? Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are your tag team champions. These guys can't go beat them. Please. And that's the thing. There's no point in these guys being tag teams because they don't need the championships. And let's face it, even if they were the tag team champions, it would be such an oddball team. Yeah. That just wouldn't make sense, you know? So it's, yeah, they could go in, they could kill Lucha Express tomorrow if they wanted to. But uh, yeah, it's odd. I agree with you. They need to just be a two-man faction uh, as of right now. Yeah, just like Jake popped back in the chat here, and exactly what we were talking about as we were t- saying it. Does Mox and Danielson have to be a tag team? Can't they be in singles and just be homeboys that recruit young talent? Exactly what we were saying. Like, Be a tag team, but mostly be in the singles game. Bring in some young talent that you can help put under your wing and bring on up through the, through the ranks and give the, the proverbial rub from Danielson and Moxley. Why not? So that's I, I agree with all of that, but you know whatever I, they're gonna put him in shitty job matches like this and make him look strong, but not let him win championships at the end of the day. So what's it matter? <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're back in the back. Shivani loves popping around the back and just interviewing people. I think Shivani's just starstruck anytime he gets to interview a wrestler. <laughs> Holy shit, um, guys! Did you see who's here? <laughs> did you see FTR's here? <laughs> Um, Shivani's in the back with FTR, the young bucks immediately interrupt them. Uh, they're talking about how they fired Tully Blanchard from their being their manager and the bucks little teaser here, little, not subtle at all saying that FTR could hire the best there is as their new manager. And, uh, FTR would still just be the second best tag team in the, AEW and the rumors are already flying around Brian that it is rumored that FTR may get Bret Hart to be their new manager just of the way the way the Bucks inflicted the uh best there the is. best there is when they when they said it it came off very very much so like 
the beginning of the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. It'd be the greatest if they did some long-term booking just on this, and it took them three weeks, and the Bucks interrupt them again next week and say, you could get the best there was. <laughs> and then next, Please, and then the, I hope. And then that. the week after that, be like, you guys could get the best there ever will be. Brett, he could come out then, and I still say, make him wait till next week. <laughs> Push this shit for like a month. <laughs> you know, Brian, the way they said the best there is and just kind of left it with the dot, dot, dot at the end, I would not be surprised <laughs> if next week they say the best there was. <laughs> we're, we're documenting that. We're going to timestamp, sign, sealed, delivered. I, I hope that happens so we can throw this shit all over the internet oh. and you saw it here first. You folks. saw it here first, <laughs> folks. Uh, but I think that'd be hilarious. What do you think about what do you think about the rumor? Do you think it's gonna would be good, bad, stupid? What do you think about it? With Brett being um, the, the manager. I it all depends on how AW Tony Khan and the Young Bucks, who are in charge of the tag team division want to book FTR. I think as long as the Young Bucks are in charge of the tag team division, they're never going to let FTR off their chain. They're because it would create too much competition. The Young Bucks have to be top dogs. They can't let it they can't let it go. They can't let some another team be better than them or considered better than them. Even though they're not the champions, I'd say the majority of the AEW audience still thinks the Young Bucks is the best tag team out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, a wild and wacky road there in AEW in the tag team division. It's the Wild West. <laughs> like, you get brought in for being a great tag team and then you don't get to do anything because you're a great tag team. <laughs> but yeah, you put Bret Hart with FTR and let them book their own shit the way CM Punk does, the way MJF does, the way Brian Danielson does. You let them book their own segments with Bret Hart, and I think you got a fucking gold mine in your hands. Yeah, you have the possibility. It just depends on the mindset that Bret's in, too. If he comes in and he's all grumpy old man Bret Hart, it's going to be shitty and boring. But if he comes in with his heart into it, you know, no puns intended, he comes into it with his heart into it and his mind in the game, I think he could be great. But if you come in with grumpy Bret Hart, you ain't going to get it. I think if he's working with FTR, they're the closest thing to the Hart Foundation uh, that's in wrestling right now. So I think they would reignite um, something within Bret Hart, reignite a little passion. Sure. And then where do we go from there? We're backstage. Do we go back out front? We got more backstage. More backstage, Brian. Well, this is AEW Dynamite. You got, <laughs> you got Ricky Starks and Willie Hobbs interrupting the acclaimed promo that's going on in the back, and then the interrupters themselves get interrupted so that we can get Swerve Strickland on TV because, you know, it, AEW has a tendency to debut guys and then just let you forget about them. So at least they let Swerve Strickland get about seven seconds of TV time. Yeah, I mean, you know, Swerve Strickland was signed at the pay-per-view. Or wait, was it the pay-per-view? It was the pay-per-view, right? Mm -hmm. And then the following Wednesday, what I, I don't believe was on the show. And now we're the second week in. And he just gets a backstage promo. He still hasn't actually got in the ring yet. 
there's just too many people over there and it's fine because you know now you got a whole nother promotion you got to book there tony so um yeah send them over to ring of honor hopefully spread these guys out a little bit you know um but yeah i think he just has too too many ingredients and he doesn't know what to do with them right now 100 percent. so did anything uh, of any substance happen with this promo and the interrupting and swerve scott or whatever his name is now not that i saw okay cool uh, <laughs> i didn't think so either because <laughs> i was like I, it happened and then we moved on as far as i noticed all right promo of the night even though i think this the idea for this promo was lifted from michael cole uh, still i would say the biggest reaction uh for a promo tonight goes to this next one we got chris jericho coming to the ring with 2.0 and jerry garcia uh and jake hager uh in tow and 2.0 each get on the mic and they put chris jericho over like he is some sort of religious cult leader uh just licking his boots who's the Who's the first guy that talked in the promo? Do you have the I can't I can he's the one that yells a lot in 2.0. Uh that was Matt Matt Lee, I think they call him. Oh my the god. The fat one. Yeah, I cannot stand him. Cannot stand Matt Lee. I've hated him since their first week in AEW. His yelling is like so like and if I wasn't for y'all, you know, if Chris Jarrett, there'd be no Judas. I wouldn't let you sing along. <laughs> this is intense over a sing-along. Like, if Jericho wants to really be a heel, he needs to change his song, too, right? And really just piss the right. people off. Do a B-side, Chris. That one that nobody knows. That would piss a lot of people off. But um, Jericho gets on the mic in his purple shoes, and... Uh, Jericho has done so much. Without Jericho, there is no AEW. Nobody appreciates Chris Jericho, but these guys do, Brian. This is the Jericho Appreciation Society. All these other guys in AEW are pro wrestlers. Jericho is not a pro wrestler, Brian, and this is where he lifted it from Michael Cole. A couple months ago, Michael Cole was catching heat because he was very publicly stating in an interview that he is an actor playing a role for entertainment purposes and that's it and uh so yeah jericho leeching off that little tidbit there says he is not a pro wrestler he being jericho he is a sports entertainer and danny garcia gets on the mic and he is also a sports entertainer and this part right here brian kind of caught my attention Cause it's just like, ugh. Even if he did it on purpose, it's fucking stupid. Chris Jericho says, and the Jericho Appreciation Society, they don't use made-up names. The Fat 2.0 guy is now using his real name, Daddy Magic Matt Menard. The Skinny 2.0 guy, he's using his real name, Cool Hand, Ange Angelo Parker. You got Jake Hager. You got Daniel Garcia. And then Christopher Irvine refers to himself as his made-up name, Chris Jericho. (laughs) (laughs) How can you 
in one breath say we don't use made up names <laughs> and then Chris Jericho. Maybe he legally changed his name. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, what that's punk. And then he had to go with like the 2.0. 2.0 was terrible writing by bad creative, and we're gonna change it. It's like you already did that when you introduced the uh, the inner circle, and everybody was chanting "We the people" at Jake Hager, <laughs> and he went, "That's that was bad creative on a bad gimmick." It's like you already did the same thing two years ago, or whatever it was, two and a half years ago. When you were, you know, introducing the inner circle, which I thought was a little cheesy then, and it came out to be pretty cool, you know, cool enough. This Jericho Appreciation Society is not going to be cool ever. Not to the least. Jericho's Jericho's just treading water. He is just constantly in a need to feel relevant. And he's struggling. I think he's on the struggle bus. WWE pro wrestling itself recycles stuff. Look how many iterations of the four horsemen there were over the years. Look how many reiterations of like the NWO, right? Even that's a push for me because that sucked. But like DX worked over several years, right? Uh, Right. Changes. But like we haven't even hit. Barely have hit two years. Not even three years yet, right? AEW? Yeah. Two and a half, something like that. And they're already recycling back to episode one. We've been, we just yeah. hit over 100 episodes or some nonsense that I remember talking about. <laughs> and now we've just repeated back. This is just the recreation of the inner circle. It's like, wow. Yep. That's what we're doing. We're just right back there already. So soon enough, the young bucks are going to go back to being baby faces, and <laughs> the whole thing will start back over again. Cody Rhodes even reiterated he went back to WWE. <laughs> he did the full circle. He just left the company. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go from the inner circle to the full circle. Yeah, everybody's that's... just going back to where they started. Whoa. Wrong button. Sorry about that, guys. We're starting the show over again. <laughs> we're going full circle. We're going full circle. We're back to the beginning. Let's get to the news. <laughs> yeah, this shit bores me. But, uh, Anything happened in the news since we've been on? Uh, we're going to a TNT championship match. We oh. got Wardlow finally, after grabbing that brass Sonic the Hedgehog ring, he is after- really reaching for the brass ring here. He is going to take on Scorpio Sky, and this whole match was just a, another Wardlow display of power moves. And for some reason, after working so hard to be a heel, uh, Sky is fighting like a baby face, just fighting from underneath this entire match. Yeah, this was going to go match-wise, storyline-wise for me, one of two ways. Uh, it went one of the two ways, and it didn't went, go the way that I expected or that I wanted it to because this was very the way that it went was very predictable. So it was an overall match. You saw this coming down. You're going, well, Wardlow should murder Scorpio Sky. Wardlow has been turning from that heel gimmick over to this face gimmick, and he should get be way over with the crowd. Scorpio Sky has been an asshole hanging with Dan Lambert for the last, whatever, five months. So there you go. This should be an easy one, and you're right. The They felt like the roles were flip-flopped and reversed again, 
And then the ending, again, was very predictable. So I think that they should have just kept it. I mean, we can break down the spots here in a minute, but we all watched it. It's Friday night. We're talking about something that happened on Wednesday. I think they should have just lined this thing up where they put the belt on Wardlow. It should have been a demolish. He should have went out there and crushed him and gave him his chance to run around with it. But no. He grabs the brass ring. He goes through the ladder match, right? The whole thing. He battles it. He grabs the brass ring. He wins it. He gets his title match. He invokes it in on Dynamite. He should have crushed Scorpio Sky, but no, it's interfered by MJF and Sean Spears. Sean Spears. They go through. They're swinging chairs. They're punching with things. And But nobody, nobody could come help Wardlow. He has no friends. What's he going to do? So by them really going over that and pushing that so hard, he's going to get friends now. <laughs> right? Right. He's got to have somebody that's going to come to his aid and be his friend in the next upcoming weeks. But that was the big drama. The story behind this whole thing was he's going to fight with MJF. Well, shit. That one was written fucking six months ago before they even fucking broke up. You know, like, why do you have to force this down our throat? It should have been give Wardlow the title, and then MJF wants the title. He still tries to invoke that contract that he's supposed to hand it over to him when he wins it. You know, that whole thing. We've got you under contract. He's not doing it. They're back and forth. MJF steals the title. He steals it back. There's a duplicate is involved now. Old school WrestleMania 10. There's two Intercontinental Championships, right? You got two TNT Championships. MJF steals one off of Dan Lambert. He's running around saying he's the champion. Wardlow's got the other one. He's saying he's the champion. I mean, what do you, you could write this whole thing right here. But no, they don't do that. They just let Scorpio's guy win, and then now these guys are going to go fight over here for no title. Because why would we do that? Why would we involve a title? Yeah. <laughs> like you said, there's only two ways this could go. Either Scorpio Sky was a transitional champion, which I was in that boat. I thought he was a transitional champion. Just let's face it. Scorpio Sky is a great performer, but he hasn't done shit. Um, or Wardlow could uh, destroy Scorpio Sky, which he did. He did hit the three power bombs. And then, of course, MJF would interfere and cause Wardlow to lose. I'm mostly in agreement with you on this brian i think wardlow should have had to we could have built up this title match for a few more weeks i agree with that as well but, you could have just put it off into a pay-per-view and said i'm cashing this thing in 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 three you know whatever or or have him just look carry how money it around. in the bank works just have him carry Guys it around wait. right and it could be a year or something i agree yeah but who knows? Then the internet wrestling community would shit all over Wardlow and Tony Khan for making the brass ring the briefcase. But uh, yeah, I just thought this moved way too fast. If you weren't ready to put the belt on Wardlow yet, make him work to get his match with Scorpio Sky. Always make Scorpio Sky unavailable somehow. He stubbed his toe. I, I don't know, something like that. But now we're just going into a non-title program with MJF and I think we've had so much build up from these two and so much exchanging from they these two that all there's left is a match. I don't think they can book too much to go on between Wardlow and MJF and still keep us interested, still show us something we haven't seen yet between these two. Yeah, hell. 
even uh, an amazing, uh, yeah, just you could do this. You could have Wardlow stalk Scorpio Sky and just stand at the ramp every time he fights and defends the TNT Championship. He's wearing his suit, Wardlow looking like a million bucks, jacked in his suit, jacked and tanned, ready to go. Got, you know, the hair pulled back, looking, but never, he just stands there, arms crossed. Arms crossed, like, you know, always watching and stalking, right? That would be amazing. You could have you could have had him win, and then, imagine this, or you just yank that belt off him quickly, have him win, MJF challenges him at the next pay-per-view, and it's a finger poke of doom. MJF just gives him a right there in the chest. Wardlow <laughs> lays down for him, gives him the TNT championship, and they're the best of friends all over again. Uh, that would be a mind fuck, and I would love every minute of that program. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. th- all of it would be fun. So I, this is the way it needs to be. But um, they didn't do that. They went the easy, boring route. Yeah, and now we're left with Scorpio Sky as a TNT champion, which, again, Scorpio Sky, great performer. But really, who gives a fuck about Scorpio Sky? <laughs> Who's going to be interested in his title defenses? I pff, fuck. I don't know. He's too old for the the AEW kids to to really be interested in. Sure. Scorpio's got to be in his forties. Um, and for us old heads, he hasn't done anything exciting to keep us interesting. So he's just here's your charity championship, there, <laughs> Scorpio. Just because we appreciate you, we appreciate you. It's Scorpio Appreciation Night. And you get your own match as a title win buried. So there you go. Who gives a shit? And we're going to move on to another letdown of a match, Brian. We've got the Hardys taking on Private Party, which, uh, uh, man, what's the fucking point? It's just, again, Jake, who's been hanging out with us tonight all night in the chat, chatting it up with us, uh, sent me over a link to Jim Cornette's podcast and Cornette pulled out a 10-minute booking out of his ass that made the Hardy debut way more interesting and way more long-term and uh, told way better over the course of three to five weeks where this was told all in one night, and now we're on the night two. Jeff Hardy's here. Matt Hardy's here. Now Matt Hardy dresses like Matt Hardy from 1999, and they're going to come out and put their finger guns to their heads and take off their their fishnet <laughs> shirts and do swanton bombs, and there you go. You just pull out the old bag of tricks, right? One more run, boys. We're putting the band back together. <laughs> and, man, it, it's, it's cool to see them back together. This may be the last run for sure. the Hardys as a team, but, man, Matt Hardy, uh, we're going to shoot this back to when Lita came out at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Lita... Uh, dressing like that raver chick when she's in her mid 40s and then matt hardy now dressing like 1998 matt hardy and his big old dad gut hanging through his velvet tight shirt it was just it was a it was a sight for sore eyes (laughs) yeah it's uh um it's it's just like uh you're just reaching back for nostalgia for the sake of reaching back is really right. what it comes down to. There was no point to with it. Jet, Jeff needed a place to work. Matt worked at a place. Voila. There you go. 
Now, they don't make them feud. They don't make Jeff Hardy come in and be mad at Matt Hardy. They don't make, and then eventually we get a Hardy boy reuniting. You don't get anything. You just instantly get it. That's it. You know, it's just so just simple. (laughs) Yeah, and we don't get the obvious booking of the Cucamonga kids who who aren't doing a goddamn thing right now. (laughs) Cucamonga Um, kids. (laughs) <laughs> they aren't doing a fucking thing right now. And they were admittedly influenced by the Hardly boys or by the Hardy boys. Um, we're not getting that feud. That would actually be interesting. We're getting this legendary tag team of the Hardy boys taking on the Andrade family organization and private party yeah. who, nobody's given a shit about private party since they beat the young bucks as last time anyone gave two shits about private party and that's the match we get here and this was just to just this entire the point of this match was just to show that the hardy boys can still work sure for whatever that's worth and i agree with jake in the chat here saying the coolest part is that they get to keep their wwe theme as we chatted about last week that it happened to be royalty-free music that could be simply found in any <laughs> YouTube search, I guess, that somebody made the song and WWE just said, we'll never buy that. Why would we buy that <laughs> royalty-free music? Um, and uh, there you go. It just It's simple as that. So that's a strange story. I can't even begin to wrap my head around that, but at least they get to keep that and have some type of familiarity to their entrance and... You know, it really was like the thing. They put on all the same clothes, put on the face paint, threw on the on the song, and bingo, bango, you've got a million bucks. Here you go. S- sell some T-shirts, AEW. <laughs> Make some wrestling figures. Yeah, and, and Matt Hardy has worked so long with Private Party, even though nobody – remember Party Hardy, Brian? I do. But uh, so, of course, the Hardys let Private Party get a bunch of their shit in, but it doesn't help. Nobody cares about private party. No. Um, we get some really good tag team moves from the Hardys. They still got it. They're a little slower, a li- <laughs> you know, a little bit. Don't jump quite as high. A little beat but up. We still get the uh, Swanton from Jeff Hardy to get the pen on private party here, and then we're continuing this pointless feud with Andrade Odiolio and his lackeys. AFO surrounds the ring, but Darby and Sting make the save. I'm so sick of Darby and Sting making the save, I could vomit. Their music kicks in. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to get kicked off YouTube, so I'm you know ad-libbing here. I don't want the sound too <laughs> real. They just stroll out slowly because the people are in awe of the music. It just takes me into a place, and they just can't. It's like, why don't they ever run? <laughs> well, Sting can't. <laughs> then repel. <laughs> drop from the ceiling, Sting. Come down, drop, drop down like a, uh, like a mountain climber. I don't know, but something's <laughs> got to change. Come up from the bottom of the ring. Come through the crowd. Be a little faster. Do something. But they just don't, 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 don't. And Sting just looks like he's just like I gotta go to work. Like. <laughs> Well, off to work yeah. I go, I guess. I wear my T-shirt and my spandex. <laughs> yeah, my T-shirt, my leggings here. And uh, <laughs> they come down. I'm tired of them just being the AW superheroes here. And it's just like, all right, we get it. 
Darby and Sting, they both paint their face black and white. They're they're yin and yang. They're old and new, but I'm just so tired of them being involved in everything. I mean, I guess maybe Tony Khan put a couple too many zeros on Sting's paycheck there. Got to get a and uh, fuck, he's got to use them every chance he gets. Yeah, I went and paid this bastard how much shit? Send him out for twenty minutes. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, that's this is the feud we're getting, and probably next week we'll get uh, Andrade and Private Party and the butcher and the baker and the candlestick maker <laughs> we'll get them all in a match with darby sting and the hardy boys most likely oh yeah there'll be a 26 man tag match here eventually <laughs> and everybody can tag in and tag out and no tags and blind tags and it's an elimination royal rumble tournament eliminator challenge for the aew uh eventual tag team champion trios match that'll happen <laughs> in 14 months that they'll forget about um <sighs> Yeah, so that sucked. I think it, it just whatever. Yeah, can we move on from that, please? <laughs> That's where I was going. I said I, I was I was there. You beat me to it. I'm there. We're gonna get to our main event, Brian, and what a main event this was. It, we are Britt Baker is putting her AEW Women's Championship on the line against Thunder Rosa in a steel cage steel cage and thunder rosa gets to come out to a full-on spanish band i mean we are they are playing her in and boy if they aren't planting seeds with this nonsense for something we've never seen for thunder rosa before (laughs) aren't we yeah um I don't know if you figured it out brian but thunder rosa is mexican i did i I thought it was just it was taco tuesday (laughs) um so yeah thunder rosa is played out by an all-female mariachi band um but they only play just until we see thunder rosa and then they hit the bricks and then we get thunder rosa's real music um and then Britt baker comes out her her seamstress must have been on call Britt baker coming out in the tribute to scott hall dripping panties and bra set there <laughs> with the black and white nwo colors actually maybe her seamstress wasn't on call i seem to remember this same outfit maybe in black and red or yeah. something she's been rocking that scott hall like the look with the jacket the red and black drip going down so it's been something that's been on call so you know but she definitely either dusted it off or got it tidied up for her show because of obviously uh you know the loss of scott so coming out and paying homage to the bad guy so that was you know you got to respect that um we're just gonna get into this thing brian and this was ugly um you got Britt baker she's still doing her job she's still playing chicken shit heel she's trying to escape a cage but um from what i can see this is more more or less a hell in the cell type cage there is no getting out and uh getting out doesn't get you anything either but Britt baker trying to escape thunder rosa is getting all the offense in this match and uh shortly into this thing Britt baker is busted open and uh she's bleeding she wasn't bleeding that much but Britt baker just loves to juice 
Oh, she is the juiciest chick in AEW. <laughs> she will go for the blood with the quickness, and it is. Uh, I guess you don't see it a lot with the ladies, the women, uh, matches. So you know she kind of been her thing in the right style match, but that she'll go for it. So if it's been some type of hardcore lights out, unsanctioned steel cage eliminator tournament match then she'll go ahead and just juice for it if needed and uh yeah it, it was a and then thunder rosa gets a little juice in there too so you got both chicks bleeding at one point in this match yeah we're going hardcore on this and uh you know with all these big strong behemoth men in AEW, you know when when you need a match with 50 chair shots thumbtacks blood first two people i think of brian is 220 pound girls you know that's, that's right the toughness i'm looking for don't put that on your champion on your on your men's champion heavyweight champion adam page right right you know you put that on the on the girls um we we go to break and when we come back Britt baker doing a little spring cleaning pulls out roughly nine to twelve chairs out from underneath the ring. It was warm over the week, so it was time to <laughs> clean up. We talked about it earlier in the show that, you know, the warm weather hits, you want to start throwing shit out. <laughs> you know, and Tony Khan just running a chair factory underneath the ring. He's got little Filipino kids down there <laughs> screwing in nuts and bolts and I mean, I, chairs. I own some stock in Khan <laughs> Chair Company, so Khan's <laughs> Chairs. So Britt Baker pulls out like 10 chairs. Thunder Rosa ends up using said chairs to beat the living shit out of Britt Baker. Um, then we get our referee spot, and we got Paul Turner working this thing, Brian. I don't know if your buttons are working. My buttons but if aren't you working because Turner is a moron, and I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. <laughs> right. Britt Baker super kicks Paul Turner in the face. And, you know, I will give him this one, Brian. They they didn't make Paul Turner sell a super kick from Britt Baker. They had to have Thunder Rosa spear Britt Baker into Paul Turner after the super kick to actually put him out of action so that, you know, the rest of the match can happen. Well, yeah, you don't want to be a silly goose. You got to got to You have to get the referee out for this whole thing to go down. And how do we get that done? That's what that's all you got to do. Get that done <laughs> so we can get through the rest of this match because it's all right here. And right on cue, after Paul Turner's knocked out, immediately Thunder Rosa hits the Fire Thunder Driver, but there's no ref to count. Now, what's the difference between the Fire Thunder Driver and the Tiger Driver 98? Is there any difference? Uh, you're going to have to ask the man in the mask. Because <laughs> I have no fucking clue. And they count, the crowd uh, counts for 1, 2, 3, 6, 12, 18, 24. The, there is no ref in sight. And, uh, yeah, she's she just can't handle it now. She would have won the title there, Eric. Yep, she should have won it right there because we all fall for that old trope nowadays. And uh, so, yeah, Britt Baker recovers from the Fire Thunder driver, ends up putting those, while Thunder Rosa's just sitting patiently on the top rope there, um, Britt Baker piles the chairs up and... Uh, kind of just arranges them nicely so that she can give an avalanche air raid to Thunder Rosa onto the chairs. And I like this part. Um, 
AW just letting the shit fly with the cussing nowadays. We had John Moxley telling a guy to go fuck himself or whatever. And now we got Britt Baker screaming, send the ref, send the ref. And when Aubrey Edwards shows her face, you just hear and see the camera right on Britt Baker's bloody face. Get in the fucking cage. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah, she definitely was selling it with all the emotion that there was supposed to be there. There was no, it didn't feel fake and forced. It was like, get in the fucking ring. <laughs> get in here and count this. Um, does AEW do the old school cage match where it's the pin counts? It's to keep you in the ring, not the old get out of the ring cage match? Yeah, this one, it was stated that it's just pinfall or submission. Okay, so it was the, old was the only ways to win. Because they always said Vince ruined the cage match by the cage was meant to keep two guys in the ring. And then that Vince made the rule that you're, you're trying to escape the ring. And what's the point of watching a fight of guys trying to escape? That was the argument right. from old heads. But nonetheless, <laughs> I don't mind it either way. Use the cage as a little bit of the gimmick. It adds the the whole pomp and circumstance to the thing. So a good cage match either way, I'm happy with. But yes, these ladies continue to go at it here. Yeah, little faux pas on my, uh, on my end here. This, that wasn't the spot with the... the Thunder Rosa or with the air raid off the top rope. That wasn't when Thunder Rosa was just chilling nonchalantly on the top rope. That was the next spot. Thunder Rosa forced to just sit on the turnbuckle and wobble like a stunned Mortal Kombat character. Uses 10 chairs, Brian. I counted them to build a fucking pyramid. Yes. She took her sweet time using her first grade build a blocks <laughs> fucking skills and builds a goddamn pyramid out of chairs. <laughs> and you like Britt Baker. It's hard to let this shit go. I, I isn't love it? Britt Baker. I'd marry Britt Baker tomorrow, <laughs> but sometimes her shit doesn't make sense. <laughs> we, we need to take our time again. She's just doing over. her job at the end of the day. So sometimes it's hard to be mad at her. Uh, she climbs up on the rope. She's going to attempt to do something to Thunder Rosa here. But uh, Thunder Rosa ends up pushing Britt Baker off the top rope. She lands on her chair pyramid that has no give, Brian. This, this has, is Bound for Glory 2010. It has no give. This has <laughs> no give. <laughs> <coughs> Britt Baker goes out and reaches under the ring. And it wasn't just chairs under that ring last night, Brian. No, it wasn't. It was, there was a black velvet bag under that ring, yeah. and you know what that means. It means JR <laughs> wasn't having any of that shit. <laughs> because he screams out, why do they keep tax under the ring? <laughs> we know what's in there. Why do we store these under the ring? Like, Jim Ross wasn't having any of it. He was mad. And Tony Schiavone trying to cover up, knowing... The best part is, is they're not scripting any of this, so Tony's, like, panicking on live TV. Like, what do I do? And he just comes up, pulls out of his ass. Why? Well, that had to be Rebel and Jamie Hayter who put those under there earlier in the day. <laughs> I loved it. Like a cat in a shallow litter box, Brian. <laughs> We're trying right. to cover this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> a cat in a shallow litter box. <laughs> Oh, man. Rosa takes a backdrop into the tax. 
Lockjaw from Britt Baker. Thunder Rosa bites the shit out of her hand, and now her hand is non-functional. <laughs> um, and then her other hand becomes non-functional with Thunder Rosa just keeps slamming it into the thumbtacks. And that would be a... It's not going to knock you out, but if somebody was slamming my palm and fingers into a pile of thumbtacks, I'd be pretty pissed. Yeah, that would hurt quite a bit. Uh, Rosa power bombs Britt Baker into the thumbtacks. Then we get a fire thunder driver for the pen, and we've got a new AEW champion, Brian Thunder Rosa. Tears and blood and paint streaming down her face. Yeah, she tries to. She is our new. AEW champion. She tries to write something from a blood that she's taking off of her forehead in, in on her stomach. She's trying to draw something or write something, and it's failing miserably. And luckily, she bails on that quickly. So she didn't stick with it, which is you went for something, it didn't work, and you move on. It happens. It's live TV. You have a plan. It didn't work. But she was trying. You can see her. She was tapping forehead. Trying to write something, I was just gonna write like warrior or what it was, but she was trying to write something or do something with the blood from her head on her belly, but that that sucked terribly because it didn't work. So I'm glad she bailed on it. I'm still gonna talk about it, but I'm glad she bailed <laughs> on it. Um, what do you think about that power bomb you spoke of? Do you think it was a botch? Do you think it was a take too good of care of somebody as you laid them down? Or do you think it was really, as the commentators were selling it, she dropped to her knees in the powerbomb to create more momentum? It looked really sloppy um, and weird to me. I think it was just her trying to take care of Brit as she laid her down, and it just came out too obvious. I think, so the commentaries, just like you said, they they tried their best to cover it. Oh, so much momentum, rah, 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 dropping down to her knees. I actually, what was going through my head was she was trying to line her up with the tax. If she sure. would have just did a normal power bomb, Britt Baker wouldn't have hit the tax or she would have hit them barely. Yeah. I'll and then the that. visual wouldn't have been nearly as good. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, like I said, I don't think it ruined it. It didn't take it away. It was no. different looking. I mean, even I noticed it before the commentator said, I'm like, what the hell she dropped to a knee for, but you're going with the aim. All right. I'll buy that. So it was an aim to get good tech coverage and, you know, put her into the spot. And do it right. Yeah, Thunder Rosa needs to take a page out of uh, Adam Cole and Red Dragon's book and reprogram her ones and zeros so that she can get right on the correct mark yes. in the perfect spot in the ring. You know, that Remember, way we get the perfect alignment of you, where we need to be. she got to go into her settings on her iPhone and go to the GPS portion. Then you got to do the figure eight thing so it knows where you're north, south. You got to do that for like four minutes to, re <laughs> to recalibrate your GPS settings. Yes, Rosa was a bit off. Her uh, GPS was was uh, had her in <laughs> New Mexico for some reason, <laughs> and she was facing the wrong way. Yes. But yeah, it was a sloppy power bomb nonetheless. But uh, commentators working overtime to cover the trash in this entire episode to cover the shallow shit. Do we? Uh, are you happy, sad, or indifferent on the title change from Britt Baker? Um. This is a, I hate to say it, Brian, because then, but this is another Scorpio Sky situation. Um, Thunder Rosa, super hard worker. Actually, she is, people care more about Thunder Rosa than they do Scorpio Sky. Yes. But I don't think she is going to 
carry that title and be a champion nearly as well as Britt Baker was. Um, but I think Rosa came over from NWA. She was wrestling on YouTube power with six R's and she came over to AEW and just tore shit up and puts on hell of a matches. So it was just, you know what? Good job. Here's your title. Sure. You know, it's just, I, but as far as being the woman to carry the women's division, Rosa ain't it. What do you think about if they're taking Rosa to send her off with the women's title for a little bit to go represent in AAA, to go represent in all these other organizations that she's been a part of over the years, to go out and carry the AEW Women's Championship to a few other things like they've done in other things, you know, to go through those forbidden doors with it. To go back to NWA power, cool. to go back to NWA for a pay-per-view fight, to take the AEW championship over there, to go to Mexico, to go, you know, and do those things with it because she was already a brand there, where Britt Baker would have been like, "Who's this?" Right. Right. That. that I didn't even think about that. That would be an awesome role, basically having Thunder Rosa being an AEW ambassador, sure, and uh, spreading the word, but. I don't know. I was getting the the impression that Rosa is uh, to you to overuse the term again, all in with AEW because she, as of last week, was holding some other women's championship and some other company, and she just relinquished it. She oh, just gave it up. Right. Well, she didn't even go over there and uh, lay down to give up the belt. She just said, "Ah, fuck it, you can have it." You PS'd it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, that's well, more than uh, that's more than uh, Tessa Blanchard could do in Mexico. <laughs> she said, "Fuck you, I'm keeping that belt." I couldn't think of her name a minute ago. I was trying to pull it out. I was going to come up with a Tessa Blanchard joke, and well, there you go. We got it in, folks. Um, that's that. I I don't. I mean, it is what it is. We'll see where they can go with it. It change. It's, it opens it up for a change for Brit to evolve her character as now not being the champion. And so I think there's something good that can come of that. You know, she she's to the point now where she is in that spot. You don't need the title. She'll still be Britt Baker. She can come out and pull a Scott Hall and say, say she didn't lose. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, Scott was <laughs> famous for that. I didn't lose. One more for the good guys. <laughs> yeah. Ref Aubrey wasn't the official referee for that match, Brian. So I... I, I'm not counting that loss on Britt's record. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a whole thing that you could do with this. AEW doesn't have the attention span for it, but there's some things that you could do with this. <laughs> and speaking of some things you can do with this, that's the end of this week's Kayfabe Smart Podcast. Make sure you guys catch us on all the social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube, notification bell, so when we go live, you guys get the notification. You can hang out with us in the chat. Leave us some messages. We'll try to get them in. We'll chat about you and uh, share this with a friend, and let's talk pro wrestling. Eric, what do you have to say? Uh, Nothing much more than that, Brian. It's a wrap on this. I got to piss like a racehorse on water pills. So for you, Brian Rampa, for the resident snoozing pit bull, Stella Marie, and for me, nothing else to say but hootie hoo, we out the gates.